You might remember this. I know I do. A few years back, the New York Times got tons of attention for an article called 36 Questions That Lead to Love. It was about a 1997 study by the social scientist Arthur Aaron from the State University of New York at Stony Brook. Go see wolves. The idea was that scientists could induce feelings of intimacy between two people just by having them ask each other a simple list of questions. So they start off the 36 questions kind of innocuously. You know, who do you like to have at a dinner party? Do you ever sing to yourself? What is your favorite color? And then they move progressively to kind of deeper, more philosophical questions, even things like, you know, have you thought about how you're going to die or who would you most mourn if someone in your family passed away. Yeah, that's pretty deep stuff. And that's Dacher Keltner, the professor of psychology at UC Berkeley and the director of Berkeley's Greater Good Science Center and the host of the new podcast, The Science of Happiness, which is co-produced by the Greater Good Science Center and PRI. What's wonderful about these questions is they capture all the dynamics by which we form friendships and become close to one another. And I know a lot of people that did this 36 questions, including me, and social scientists have continued to use the 36 questions, and they're not just using it to spark romance. Turns out that this exercise can tell us something about what makes us happy and may even improve cross-cultural understanding. Using the research of UC Berkeley researcher Rudy Mendoza-Denton, Dacker explains how 36 questions can get to the heart of how humans are wired to crave intimacy. When you survey this broad landscape of new science, the striking generalization is relationships are the biggest determinant of human happiness. There's one analysis of over 100 studies showing that strong relationships Uh, not only make you happy, they give you about 10 years of life expectancy. And so what that tells us is it's really the dynamics between people that are the most important sources of our individual happiness. And one of them is intimacy, like you say, just feeling close and trusting. And also within the 36 questions exercise, what happens is that people's sense of themselves Uh, which is often bounded and separate from other individuals, starts to expand. And you feel this sense of interconnectedness with the, the people you go through the exercise. So intimacy, trust, expanded self really matter in terms of our own individual happiness. Now, obviously, we're living in an era where we're all sort of staring at our phones and It seems like in many ways we are disconnected, and it's been shown that social media in particular can heighten feelings of loneliness and disconnectedness. What's your take on the impact that technology has had on our happiness and our ability to connect? That is the question of today, Tanzina, is, you know, we have these radical new ways of relating to each other. And, you know, frankly, the United States has a a loneliness problem. 30% of Americans feel lonely and isolated, not solitude, which is a wonderful state where you're walking in the woods by yourself and contemplating things or whatever it may be, but loneliness and isolation. And there are a lot of neurophysiological problems associated with that state. And that's, that's why I like this 36 questions exercise, as hokey as it sounds, right? It gets us back to these basic social tendencies of asking somebody some questions, discovering something about somebody, laughing. So I see the science of happiness as a corrective or a way to combat the structural loneliness that's so pervasive today. 
How should one approach the 36 questions? Is it something for couples who have been together for a while or am I on a first date and I take out the scroll and begin at question one? (laughs) Where do we sort of draw the line? And by the way, I have done, I did do the questions once um, in a relationship um, you did? I did, yeah. And it, How'd and it, it go? Was, the relationship, not so good. The questions were <laughs> phenomenal. Um, there was a real shift in uh, intimacy, and it was pretty immediate. So I think that these questions are especially powerful when there are kind of barriers or, or pre-existing tendencies that get in the way of, of just wonderful intimacy. So, you know, in a long-term relationship, you get locked into these patterns of communicating, you know. How are the kids? Did you do the dishes? How's our checkbook? Good night, you know. And you know, and the questions return us to those late night conversations that are so wonderful. And then you know, again, Rudy Mendoza Denton's terrific insight that you know, when we're talking to somebody who's of a different racial background or comes from a different neighborhood or a different religion, there are all these stereotypes and expectations that society imposes upon us. And the literature on cross-race contact and cross-class contact finds we tend to get anxious and sort of we trip over ourselves when we're interacting with people who are different from us. And the questions provide this wonderful game-like frame to, to get closer. So you can take two strangers who are Latino and, and European American and with all the kind of concerns they might have when they enter into this exercise – just sharing this humanity uh, through 36 questions, it brings them closer. And here's a really amazing finding, Tenzina, that Rudy's been interested in, which is one of the real divides is for people of, of different ethnic backgrounds to trust institutions. How would a, a person of color trust the police right now? How, in Rudy's interests, does a, a person from a lower class background or a person of color who's the first to go to college in their family trust an institution that has a long history of not including these kinds of people. And Rudy finds when Latino or an African-American does these questions with a European-American at different universities, they end up trusting those institutions more. The feeling for this new friend generalizes to these institutions that they're starting to integrate into. So I think this is a really interesting lesson about the broader challenge you're issuing. And I wonder if it's also, um, you know, humanizing people. It sounds like that's really what we're talking about here is getting past this, you know, these sort of disconnected Twitter handles and Facebook profiles to really sort of connect on a human level, right, in ways that I think it's much more difficult to uh, say the things that some people say on, on social media if the person is actually right in front of you. Humanizing is right at the core of this exercise, and it's what people are hungering for today. You know, a, a lot of the data that I teach in The Science of Happiness speaks to almost the, the dehumanizing qualities of our contemporary life, which is we, you know, out here in California, the average person is spending an hour by themselves in a car, they often spend a lot of time just interacting with strangers, right, as opposed to people they love. And we, we crave face-to-face contact. You know, I'm so happy to see the millennials reintroducing game night. You know, everywhere I go, 
my daughters and and these these younger people are playing games like people did 50 years ago. Unbelievable. Um, Actual like together actually together in the same room? Exactly. Can you imagine? I can't. Uh, I, I'm going to go get my laughing. old Trivial Pursuit out. Yes, this is exciting. <laughs> it is. And and I think they and that's because we we crave this. One of my favorite questions in the 36 questions is one of the ultimate humanizers, which is it asks you like tell something embarrassing about in your that you've recently done, right? And people love to share self-deprecating embarrassing stories and and we know from the science that you know, if you share something embarrassing, I kind of feel sorry for you. I have the pangs of compassion perhaps. I reach out and laugh with you. Uh it's humanizing. So, that's what we need. Dacker Keltner is professor of psychology at UC Berkeley and director of Berkeley's Greater Good Science Center. His new podcast is called The Science of Happiness. Next week, we're going to take a look at a happiness exercise called the self-compassionate letter. And that's going to help us quiet our inner critics. You know, we all have them. We want you to try it out with us. Go to thetakeaway.org for instructions. And afterward, give us a call at 877-8-MY-TAKE and tell us about your experience. I'm Ira Flato, host of Science Friday. For over 30 years, our team has been reporting high-quality news about science, technology, and medicine. News you won't get anywhere else. And now that political news is 24-7, our audience is turning to us to know about the really important stuff in their lives. Cancer, climate change, genetic engineering, childhood diseases. Our sponsors know the value of science and health news. For more sponsorship information, visit sponsorship.wnyc.org.